It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. Today is Friday, March 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. And folks, Chris Greer read your tweets. He read your Reddit posts and your Facebook comments and your text exchanges. And he heard you talking at the dinner table about how the Dolphins were dragging their feet trying to get weapons for Tua. Get to a help. I saw the hashtag on social media at the the start of the week. And by Thursday at lunchtime, Dolphins had just about had enough. And then the news broke that the Dolphins were signing Will Fuller to a one-year, $10.6 million guaranteed contract with an additional $3 million in incentives based on production. Consider Tua helped because Will Fuller and his presence in this offense is a massive upgrade over the player who would be taking those reps otherwise, one Jakeem Grant. Now, because Will Fuller is so much of a better player at the wide receiver position than what Jakeem Grant is, we run a very high probability of seeing more percentage and snap share for Will Fuller in the Dolphins' offense when he's healthy and on the field and available and not serving the one-game suspension that he's going to have to serve to put a bow on a six-game suspension he received in 2020 that ended his season early when he was on pace for almost 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. We're going to see more of Will Fuller than what we had seen of Jakeem Grant because he is fully capable as an NFL wide receiver. There's a lot of exciting statistics to get into here. There's the Dolphins signing itself. The Dolphins signed presumably a placeholding starting center. He may end up being the the starting center for the 2021 season. And it wasn't Ted Karras and it wasn't David Andrews who were the two guys that we thought for sure New England's going to get one, and the Dolphins are going to get the other. The Patriots actually got them both. Uh, But David Andrews signed late on Thursday, or or agreed to terms late on Thursday, after the Dolphins had agreed to terms with Matt Skura of the Baltimore Ravens. So as far as the offensive side of the football is concerned, yesterday was a big day. You got potentially two new starters. And I think the first thing that I wanted to do when we got the news that Will Fuller was going to be a member of the Miami Dolphins is I wanted to look at what the starting lineup looked like at the end of the 2020 season versus what it looks like right now after the first 
60 hours of the league calendar year. And what you come away with, you should feel pretty optimistic about when you again remember the Dolphins will have a little bit of wiggle room to manufacture additional cap space, and they'll also have, as things are currently scheduled, an additional four picks in the top 50 of the 2021 NFL Draft with a reminder that if you trade out of the number three pick, financially speaking, and you move back somewhere in the back couple of picks of the top 10, you could financially save yourself upwards of a million dollars of rookie wage scale commitments as well. So this Dolphins lineup uh, entering the offseason for Week 17, Tua Tonga-Valoa, quarterback, a rookie, Miles Gaskin at running back, Devontae Parker at one wide receiver spot, Preston Williams, a starter but injured, so out, Albert Wilson, a starter but opted out for the season, so out, Jakeem Grant, you want to put Lynn Bowden Jr. in there, you can, Mike Isecki at tight end, Austin Jackson, a rookie at right at left tackle, Eric Flowers at right guard, Ted Karras at center, Solomon Kinley, a rookie at right guard, and Robert Hunt, a rookie at right tackle. Compare that to what we have right now. And I'm going to read through. We're do 11 personnel, which is one tight end, one running back, three wide receivers on the field, Tua Tagovailoa, Miles Gaskin, three wide receivers that I would peg as starters at this point in time, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Albert Wilson, Fuller, free agent signing, Wilson, back from opt-out, Mike Gusecki, Austin Jackson, Eric Flowers, Matt Skura, starting over Ted Karras, Solomon Kinley, and Robert Hunt. This does not include the trade, creative trade, of 2020 first-round pick Isaiah Wilson at right tackle that could potentially kick Hunt inside to guard. And then do you move Solomon Kinley over to replace Eric Flowers, or you leave Eric Flowers in and move Solomon Kinley to the sixth offensive line spot? Those are conversations to be had like months down the road from now. But you've got three new starters between opt-outs and and free agent signings, and that doesn't even get into Malcolm Brown as a rotational back, and it doesn't get into Isaiah Wilson, potentially right tackle. I'm not counting on him for anything, but we should at least acknowledge his presence and existence, plus whatever the Dolphins do the rest of the way. If they go 3-1 and one is their split and ratio, three offensive players to one defensive player in the top 50, I mean, you're first of all, you're once again going to have more than half the offense as new players, but I would welcome that. And as these players mature, not all of them will hit, but you'll get enough of them that hit that you can then start to fill in the blanks. The Will Fuller signing has me juiced. It should have you juiced. I hope you didn't ride the roller coaster the last couple of days. Um, and an interesting nugget brought to my attention, courtesy of Chris Kaufman, who's over at Three Yards Per Carry, and they do a great job. Uh, very good Dolphins podcast. Would recommend them for anybody looking for more Dolphins content. Uh, I kind of observed when Andrews, it was announced Andrews was going back to New England, kind of it, you could presume that the Dolphins scraped whatever they were offering Andrews, paid Matt Skura, and then took the rest and made sure they got the job done to sign Will Fuller. Well, Chris Kaufman brought it to my attention. The Dolphins were still in on David Andrews. So you can look at that. Let's read between the lines. Dolphins are drafting a center. 
whether it's Creed Humphrey, Rayshon Slater, which I doubt somebody's going to draft him to play tackle, or Landon Dickerson, or Josh Myers from Ohio State. The Dolphins will probably be drafting a center. But I did think that was of note as well because in order for that to have worked to sign David Andrews, the Dolphins would have gotten into a little bit of the weeds with like the funny money and manipulating the cap and and start to manufacture some room. And they're still going to have to do that with this Will Fuller contract. But we can start to trim some fat. And and the question I ask myself, especially when you pair it with uh, a report from earlier in the week from the Herald, I believe it was from Adam Beasley, talking about the Dolphins will be getting Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson back from opt-outs, and the Dolphins are planning on both of them contributing going into training camp. So who does that leave? Devontae Parker, obviously, is going to be under contract, unless they trade him, which I doubt. Will Fuller, they just signed. We've talked on this podcast about subsections of the wide receiver room. What bucket does Will Fuller fall into? The one and only Jakeem Grant bucket. And depending on how the Dolphins classify a potential change of status with Jakeem Grant, you're talking about $2.8 to potentially up to $4 million in cap savings, depending on if it's a pre- or post-June 1st cut, etc., etc., etc. The writing on the wall for Jakeem is not good, especially when you consider they did bring in Robert Foster, who has a ton of special teams experience. And they also have Noah Igbenogany, who returned kicks at Auburn. They'll have options for the return game. And Will Fuller, you know, he's not a perfect player. But he is exponentially better as a vertical, stretch the field, vertically and horizontally, quote-unquote, take the top off the defense kind of receiver that is going to occupy and force defenders to play with more respect for what you can do vertically. And in turn, not just facilitate big chunk plays in the passing offense, but manufacture more room to work underneath. How many times did you see the Dolphins get up under center and everybody was in 10 yards of the line of scrimmage? And they did not care, and they dared you to beat them over the top. The first time you come out and you beat him over the top with Will Fuller, that song and dance is going to change. I guarantee it. So his value and presence extends beyond just his raw production as a player. And that's what has me so excited is some of these other guys are going to have a fighting chance to create some space and create some missed tackles and create some yards after catch, uh, which none of them can really create when they're boxed in by two or three guys at a time. Football season may be over, but Bet Online has plenty of sports betting action for you and is the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your preferred bets. NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing right now, and Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can think of. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, plus it is free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, promo code LOCKEDON. 
This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I want to get into Will Fuller, the player, and some of the ways that he wins and, and, and how he can be an asset for the Dolphins and how he fits stylistically with what Tua Tagovailoa didn't, didn't do and all that, and yada, yada, yada. First of all, we're going to have a ton of time to do that, and I do want to dig into more of the tape. I had a chance to watch a little bit of Will Fuller this afternoon. But the number one question I was asked that stood out to me was, Kyle, how does this change your draft strategy? If you were the Dolphins and you were the decision maker and you get Will Fuller, how do you, how does that impact your ability to identify who else you want to bring in? Me personally, I'm still drafting two wide receivers. I don't have to worry about triple dipping now, which is a nice relief. And I'm still not moving off who my preferred target would be, which if you're talking strictly wide receiver and not including the Kyle Pitts dynamic of him being a hybrid player, Jalen Waddell and Will Fuller on the field at the same time. Oh my goodness. With a quarterback in the short to intermediate areas of the field that is very proficient and accurate, some of the RPO-type stuff that you can do, pressing these guys vertically, kind of attacking deep zones to try and manipulate a deep safety and, and get him to drive on a throw and, and throw behind him with the second later developing route. You're talking fireworks. And I understand Jamar Chase, physical specimen of a player. Uh, he could in turn push Preston Williams a little bit more as far as another subsection of the receiver room. But Jalen Waddle, I think it can be classified as a vertical take the top off the defense, but also a multi-tool guy who can line up and play from the slot. Uh, Alabama, remember, had Jalen Waddle lining up at times, lined up in the backfield in shotgun next to Mac Jones this past year. He's a versatile football player. Devontae Smith is much more of just the pure slot. Don't think he's necessarily, especially with the size Miami appears to covet, uh, somebody who would really shine on the outside, and there's nothing wrong with that. Devontae Smith, for me, is a top 20 player in this NFL draft class. I have a first-round grade on him, and I believe he's my wide receiver three. But Will Fuller, who... It, I don't want to get the numbers wrong, so let me make sure I pull the exact number because it is uh, blinding fast. Will Fuller coming out of Notre Dame in 2016 ran a 4-3-2 40-yard dash, which is in the 96th percentile. Uh, he had a 10-foot, 6-inch broad jump, which was 83rd percentile, uh, and above-average shuttle, so above-average change of direction, 96th percentile in straight line speed. Not a big guy, six foot 185. 
but has obviously developed, and, and we'll get into that courtesy of Matt Harmon of over at Yahoo Sports and his reception perception, which breaks down what frequency of routes you run and how successful you are in running them against certain coverages. It's a really cool tool. So Will Fuller, 4-3-2. Jalen Waddell runs faster than that. He was reported in March in spring workouts for the Alabama Crimson Tide to run a 4-2-5. So almost a full tenth of a second faster than Will Fuller. And go turn on the Will Fuller highlights and see how fast that dude runs. At some point in time, you get diminishing returns. Because a 4-3-2 is still faster than all but 4% of dudes who pass through the NFL combine process at the wide receiver position. So the difference between a 4-3-2 and a 4-2-5 is probably 3% versus, you know, if you take that same discrepancy and you add it on going the other way to like a 4-3-9, that might be 10, 12%. So it's a much more modest difference between the two, but put those two guys on the field together. You want to keep Albert Wilson in the picture? I get it. Great at creating missed tackles. I would advocate for drafting Amari Rogers from Clemson to replace him. But then you have Devontae Parker, and Preston Williams can work as a pure backup to Devontae Parker in that kind of role. And you can come out in 11 personnel with Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddell. Your tight end can be Mike Gusecki. You've got an offensive line that averages 328 pounds across the offensive front. And if you draft either Javante Williams or Najee Harris, all of these things that we talked about stylistically that the Dolphins wanted to do, putting isolating conflict defenders and spreading the field and manufacturing thin boxes. I remember I was asked in the summer, well, what can go wrong? Well, what can go wrong is you kind of become a popcorn fart offense, and you, you really don't manufacture chunk plays. Having two guys that run 4-3-2 or faster is a great way to help <laughs> ensure that you manufacture chunk plays. And the spacing you're going to have, if you put them on opposite sides of the field and you press those guys vertically, you are going to get a ton of split safety coverage, which means there's two high safeties, which means there's one less guy in the box to add that extra gap that you can't account for in the run game. So if you're asking me who I want, I still want Jalen Waddell in a trade-down scenario as the other wide receiver to add to the mix because speed kills. It kills. And the Dolphins last year, other than Jakeem Grant, who could not catch anything with consistency, who was not in timing on the deep throws with any level of consistency, Believe his two chunk, two biggest chunk plays as a, a pass catcher from Tua Tonga-Valoa might have been the two jet passes that he had against, I think, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. It was a touch pass in the backfield that he, he ran one around each end of the line of scrimmage. He had the misplay against Cincinnati on the deep post. He had two that were mistimed against the Broncos early in that football game. He had the misplayed adjustment, and it was not a good ball from Tua with like three minutes left before the half against Kansas City with Miami having the ball. was third and seven. Tua takes a deep shot. 
He underthrows Jakeem. Jakeem comes back to try and catch the ball. But the problem is Jakeem tried to catch it with his face mask. You're five foot six, man. You got to try and extend your arms. And he doesn't have a big catch radius and doesn't catch well with his hands outside of his frame anyway. Well, that ball bounces up in the air. It's picked off by Tyron Matthew. Chiefs go down. They score points. And next thing you know, the, the entire script of the game changed. And that was one of those critical flaws. How many times did you see him running shallow crosses and just couldn't catch it? Will Fuller going all the way back to Notre Dame has had some sporadic concentration drop problems. But when you are as good as he is down the field and manufacturing chunk plays, it's something you're much more willing to live with. One thing you can't live without is our good friends at Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. For We've been pounding the table for a really long time as pertaining to Built Bar, an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on each of their bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best, courtesy of the Built Bar Madness Tournament. You can go to BuiltBar.com or visit Bar underscore Built on Twitter to follow along with each of the flavor matchups between Built Bar's best and brightest flavors to determine which is the best-tasting protein bar among the best-tasting protein bar. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So, we talked a little bit about the implications of who's on the hot seat. To me, it's Jakeem Grant. We've talked a little bit about what direction I would still choose to go or not go if I was going to sell my vision of this offense with the 2021 NFL Draft. The two names I mentioned, Amari Rogers as a day two selection and Jalen Waddell in the top ten with a trade-back candidate. But how exactly does Will Fuller complement to Tonga Valoa? My apprehensions were Will Fuller before this point were uh, durability and perceived cost. Well, we saw the wide receiver market got stale. And even, even if he hit all of his performance escalators, at $13 million and change, you're talking the same price point as the New England Patriots paid for Nelson Aguilar for two years and the same price point that was paid by the New York Jets for Corey Davis. Will Fuller, as a football player, never mind the whole uh, resume and 
being healthy and durable and availability is the best ability and all that stuff, I get it. But just from a raw talent standpoint, the Dolphins are paying $3 million less, barring performance escalators that can make it equal money, to those first two shoes to drop on the free agent market at wide receiver. This is why you wait. This is why you wait. And you let it come to you, and you don't panic. So how does Will Fuller complement to a tongue of a low? In 2020, these are the numbers uh, that I'm going to read off. The most frequent routes for Will Fuller in 2020 in-breaking routes or vertical throws, slants, 21% of his routes were slant patterns. 17% of his routes were dig patterns, in-breaking routes coming into the middle of the field. 22%, the most frequent route that he ran, was a nine route, a go route, down the field. Streaks, run into the, the end zone. Take the top off the defense. On those three routes, Will Fuller had success defeating coverage on 83.1% of his slants, 72.3% of his dig routes, and 67% of his nine-slash-go routes. This, again, according to Matt Harmon of Yahoo Sports with Reception Perception. Cannot recommend it enough as a great tool for what receivers run what and where they win. Does he win more against man or zone? Against man coverage, he faced man coverage on 63% of his routes, and he won on 68.8% of those routes run, 56th percentile. He saw zone on 37.1%, of his routes, and he had an 80.4% success rate against zone coverage. If you tried to get physical with him, he saw press 35.3% of the time. He beat that 74% of the time, which is the 78th percentile of receivers charted for Matt's project. So if you press him, he's going to cook you off the line, and he runs 4-3, and one out of every four routes that he runs is a go route streaking down the field. But he can also win in the short areas with the slant game. He almost ran slants as frequently as he ran go, ran go routes in the shallow areas. And he won the slant routes 83% of the time. Did he manufacture separation? Did he have and create space? Interestingly enough, uh, he was among the 10 lowest receivers in the NFL as far as pre-snap cushion. And that because, was because you did not want to give this guy a running start to build momentum into space because he will just run right by you. So naturally, uh, you, you try and put somebody in his face and disrupt him at the line of scrimmage or at least bump him and get him off his rails. Uh, 5.1 average yards of cushion. By comparison, Devontae Parker saw 4.8 yards. So almost identical. Will Fuller logged almost double the separation in yardage, three yards per target of separation, than what Devontae Parker did, despite the fact that the two had nearly identical cushion in pre-snap. 
Let that sink in. Additionally, Devontae Parker had three yards after catch per reception. Will Fuller, 5.9. So almost double the separation and almost double the yards after catch despite the same level of quote-unquote respect paid to him by defenders that wanted to get in his face and disrupt him at the line of scrimmage. That's a massive, massive upgrade. And again, my whole sales pitch is to take this same level of explosiveness, sprinkle another couple percentage points on top of it, a guy who's a little bit more versatile as far as being able to be moved around the offensive set in Jalen Waddell, and let's get really weird with this offense because you can do it. And the spacing conflicts, you will not see the same level of disrespect to the Dolphins' passing offense in which you were forced to string together 10, 12, 13 plays consecutively to methodically work your way down the field. And that, ironically enough, is an ideology of Steve Sarkeesian, who worked with Tonga Valoa at Alabama as the offensive coordinator, uh, slash offensive analysis analyst or whatever his title was uh, before taking the head coaching job at the University of Texas. I watched a coaching clinic in which he said, asking all 11 players to, do, to execute their responsibility for eight-plus plays consecutively without screwing up and killing your drive is an impossible chore to ask. So manufacturing explosive plays is the ticket to having a consistent scoring offense because it masks for mistakes and it does not ask all of your players to be perfect for a sustained amount of time on a drive. And think about how much inexperience the Dolphins had on offense last year. And think about how much more inexperience they're going to have this year because they're going to have a bunch of new guys again. Will Fuller helps all of that. And he's on a one-year deal worth $10.6 million in guaranteed money with $3 million of incentives, and the Dolphins will have the option to extend him if he outperforms expectations once the cap booms because the NFL just signed a $100 billion television deal for the next decade. Or you can slap him with the franchise tag, or you can let him walk, and somebody else can sign him, get a comp pick. If you don't spend. That's the big if. Man, we didn't even get to Matt Skura, and I wanted to, uh, but I want to do justice by this interior offensive line discussion. We were going to do power to the pod. I was planning on doing power to the pod today, and then these signings happened, and everything just went out the window because I have so many thoughts on both avenues here. And I know the the popular thing with Skura is, oh, he's got the yips, oh, I can't snap. He started 51 games for the Baltimore freaking Ravens on their offensive line. He's got 15 career more starts than Ted Karras does. So, he's fine. And in 2019, he's a pretty darn good center. So, I'm looking forward to digging into Skura a little bit. We'll have that conversation next week. You can keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Hope you guys enjoyed yesterday. 
Uh, yesterday was a little bit of a fun day. I hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation on what happened yesterday as well. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'll talk with you guys again on Monday. Fins up. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.